What is up, bitches? This is Morgan. And what's up, bitches? This is Sierra. And this is Bitches, bitches and, and Murders. <laughs> that one was not not our best. <laughs> it sounded right in my head. I don't know if it was actually right on the recording. I don't think so, but that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Are you right. ready to suffer? <laughs> no, I have so much emotional damage from the last two episodes we just recorded, but it's Yeah, fine. I think this is actually going to be calming for you uh, because <laughs> there, there is a there's a lot of people who die. Um, oh. Not as many as yours. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who die, but it's less like it, it's much less. <laughs> just in general <laughs> it's a lot less you know just as a whole it's just less oh my god okay what are we talking about today today we are going to talk about the zebra murders i'm sorry the what yeah you heard me like the like the horse looking thing the zebra murders are these what are these zebras that commit mur- Did somebody yes. murder zebras? What is <laughs> happening? So you're going to hate me even more because we're not going to talk about why they're called the zebra murders until the very end. Aw, man. I'm going to leave out some details here until we get to the very end. God, you're the worst. I know. I know. But you love it. All right. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're also not going to talk about um, the perpetrator until we get to the very end as well. So we're going to kind of go into this like we don't know who did it, okay? Just for context of how this is going to go. I don't appreciate you, like, true crime edging me, but okay. I wasn't ready. I was not ready for that. I was not mentally prepared for that yet. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay. We are going to start with the first wave of murders. You know it's always good when they use the word wave. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, So these started in 1973. um, Actually, October 19th of 1973, to be precise. Okay. Um, so Richard Haig, who was 30, and his wife, Kita, who was 28, um, they were taking a little walk together, real cute, um, near their house. And it's, so they're in San Francisco near um, Telegraph Hill. So they're kind of, you know, just wandering around, having a nice little stroll. Um, when they are kidnapped by a group of men and forced into a van. Essentially, like, the dudes pull up next to them and the quintessential movie kidnapping (laughs) literally happens to them. So she, um, Kita was, (laughs) compared to the, the David stuff we just talked about, was, like, minorly assaulted, I guess. Like, she was, like, fondled over her clothes. Oh, no. Um, so she wasn't like sexually ass- she was sexually assaulted but she wasn't like raped if that makes sense and yeah. they didn't like undress her or anything um, 
which doesn't make it any less bad, but just for context of like what's happening, this is kind of like happening as they're driving and she's just kind of being like creeped on by these fucking dudes. Mm, um, so there's two of them being real gross and pervy and creepy. Um, and then a third of third man grabs her and almost cuts her head off with a machete. He ends up like cutting her neck pretty badly um, and almost accidentally decapitates her. I feel like that escalated so quickly. It did. It did. That's why I was trying to give context of like this like had no time. Like she they're like ripped into the car. These dudes like creep on her for like a minute or like just like a very short amount of time. And then she's almost killed. Um, They also the first two men go after her husband um, and they leave him for dead after like severely attacking him. Um, But Mm -hmm. he ends up surviving um weirdly no i think she is murdered hold on i'm just double checking yes so she ends up not surviving um from the wound to her neck um and then they go to kill the husband and he ends up surviving okay so we're at one dead so 10 days later on october 29th another man um sorry not another man (laughs) another woman who is 28 was um hold on let me just restart that whole sentence i don't know why none of that sentence wanted to come out properly (laughs) (laughs) okay so 10 days later on october 29th francis rose who is a 28 year old woman is also attacked she was shot multiple times by a person a man who pulled up in front of her so she was driving a car and he like not pulled up in front of her but like runs in front of her car like physically runs in front of her car and she like slams on the brakes and he demands a ride and they're like at the entrance gate of the university of california so they're like she's like pulling up to the college he runs in front of her and like demands that she give him a ride but instead of giving him a ride of course because her reaction is also no like what the fuck are you talking about he ends up shooting her multiple times oh so that fucking sucks wonder why women aren't comfortable going out alone right (laughs) shit like this happens right because you don't know when the man who stops you who literally because like her only other option was to murder him like literally just run him over like of course she stopped and of course he shot her multiple times and she passes away she does not survive her injuries so just like a little bit over a week later on november 9th um another man robert stokeman um who was 26 um was assaulted by another armed gunman sit like similar type of circumstance he was working at his like at his job he was a clerk with the pacific gas and electric company um an armed man comes up tries to shoot him but he ends up actually overpowering him and taking the gun and like shooting back at this guy who manages to get away oh. um however this you know, luckily he gets away. Robert gets away. Good for him. Um, however, Salim Arakat, who was 53, um, did not 
get as lucky on November 25th. Um, he was running his grocery store when he was clearly. So this is 1973. There's not like security cameras. So like we don't know exactly what happened to him, but I'm assuming the gunman came in, held him at gunpoint, takes him into the restroom of his grocery store that he owns and ends up tying him up and shooting him to death. And you're telling me that like all of these things are supposed to be related. Yep. We'll we'll get there. Okay. It does sound very random, but this is like, it, it's out of the norm. So San Francisco has a lot of crime, but like all of this stuff was like out of the norm. Like not usually like this many people this close to each other are getting attacked. Okay. If that makes sense. So this was like weird to them. They're like, why is there all of a sudden all of this activity that we don't normally have? Less than a month later, on December 11th, so like two weeks later, uh, Paul Danzig, who is 26 and an artist, um, was shot three times in the chest as he was at a payphone getting ready to make a phone call. A random armed man comes up and shoots him three times in the chest. Oh, good. We love it here in San Francisco. We feel very safe. Yeah, that sounds like things are totally going well. Two days later, on December 13th, the future mayor of San Francisco, this man named Art Agnes, who is 35 at the time, and he was working as a member of the California Commission on Aging before he became the mayor, um, he was at a meeting in Potrero Hill, and he was like talking, they were talking about like a government funded, um, like adding a clinic, like a health clinic like a doctor's office um, that's mm-hmm. government funded in this like neighborhood. Cause it was a more of a, uh, what's the word I'm like looking for? Like a lower income area, like a lower funded area. Like they didn't have stuff like that. So they're trying to add stuff like that to the area. Anyways, you get the point. So they do the whole little meeting and then he's outside and he's talking to two women who are also at the meeting when a random armed gunman comes up and shoots him twice in the chest. And he's fought, he was quite injured, obviously, uh, but he ends up surviving. Obviously, he becomes the mayor of New York, or New York, of San Francisco later on. So, like, obviously he's OK, but like it definitely took a while. Let's just say that. <laughs> Um, The same evening, so December 13th as well, Marietta Di Girolamo, who was 31, was walking down Divisadero Street when she was randomly, she was minding her own business, walking down the street when a random armed gunman runs up, shoves her into a doorway, and shoots her twice in the chest. Fucking hell, dude. And it, it, weirdly enough, she ends up actually getting shot once from the front and once from the back because he shot her with, like, kind of threw her and shot her with so much force that the first gunshot actually spun her all the way around. And the second gunshot ended up hitting her in the back, which actually ended up killing her. Damn. So... Seven days later, a week later, on December 20th, um, a 20-year-old college student was 
also assaulted randomly by an armed gunman who shot her three times. Um, she did have a bullet nick her spine, which did um, obviously cause a lot of health issues, but she, she did end up surviving. That same evening, Ilario Bertuccio, Bertuccio, um, you. <laughs> I can't believe I got through the first name and couldn't get through the last name when the last name is significantly easier, but okay. Um, he was 81 and he was also shot four times in the shoulder and the chest on his way home from work. Okay, I don't fucking understand what's happening because the victim profile is not a thing and like all over the place. What what the fuck is happening? We've got couples, we've got young women, we've got older women, we have really old men, we have younger men, we have middle of the road men, we have politicians, like we are all over the place. Yeah, there's no consistency. Like what the fuck is happening here? And it gets weirder. Oh, great. So December 22nd, two days later, two more victims die within six minutes of each other. So we have Neil Moynihan, who was 19. If he it's another spelling of Monahan and you just said it like that, I swear to God, I'm going to rip your boob off. No, it's not. It's M-O-Y-N-I-H-A-N. Hold on. Let me just set it in the chat because I think you'll understand why I said it like that. It's like, I swear to God. I don't think that's pronounced Monahan. I don't know what that is. So Moynihan is the closest I've got to that. Uh, yeah, I don't. What the fuck is that? Yeah, that's that's why I was like, I, I the, yeah. I mean, it might be. It might just be a really weird way to spell Monahan. I would also believe that, but that's not why. I, like, or that's why I didn't like resort to that. Um, but anyways, Neil is nineteen, and he was just minding his own business. He was just shopping at the Civic Center. And he ends up getting a random man walking in front of him and shooting him several times. He ended up shooting him in the face, the neck, and his heart. So not really that surprising why he didn't survive. Um, And then either the same killer or a different killer, we don't know, then chased down a 50-year-old woman named Mildred Hostler as she was just like walking to the bus stop and also yeah. shot her four times. And all of this happened within six minutes. Um, what two days fuck? later on almost Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, Eve, December 24th, um, another Christmas Adam, if you will, Christmas Adam, <laughs> um, an unidentified man was killed. So they found him. They recovered his body on February 10th of 1974, but they estimated his death to be um, December 24th. Um, but he has not been identified, so it's hard to know exactly. Yeah. So obviously, um, people were freaked the fuck out, especially Naturally. because like they were just like killing like, like it was just people like in the broad daylight just minding their own business you know what i mean like literally just like walking walking at the store walking at the mall walking to the bus stop like totally just 
minding their own business. Um, so obviously, you know, the San Francisco PD put out, you know, like, don't go out at night, like go everywhere in like partners at least or like groups. Um, they increased police presence, but they just didn't really like understand like it, se- it seemed at this point like that like so much is happening that it must all be connected somehow whether sure. that be like gang activity or whether it's like a serial killer or something they were like it's just like there's too many people at this point yeah for this not to, like it has to be because there was literally hold on let me add it up real fast so we got one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve so we're already at 12 people being attacked within like a three-month span of time christ almighty yeah so they were like this is really weird like obviously this must be connected and also even in every like situation they like the gunman would like randomly approach them seemingly random like we don't know how they're being selected Mm-hmm. So just randomly walks up to them, shoots them repeatedly at close range, and then runs away. But, like, besides that, the only other, like, commonality between them was that um, in every case, the a thirty-two caliber pistol was recovered. So not necessarily the exact same pistol, but the exact same, like, caliber pistol and same style of pistol was used in all of the killings okay. and, like, attacks. So, like, we know, okay, he kind of likes this gun, and he likes to just, like, randomly walk up to s- random people, shoot them at close range, and run away. Yeah. Which seems like a really risky way to do that, but okay. Because, like I said, like, some of it was at night, but not all of it was at night either. Um. So, they end up, this. oh, this is where the zebra part comes in. Forgot about that. <sighs> so... They made a special task force to try to stop this, obviously. Okay. Um, And they, so it was led by Detective Gus Correras and John Fotinos. Um, And then, so the chief of police, Donald Scott, assigned a specific radio frequency just for this task force. So it was the Z setting on their radio was like the frequency that only this task force used. Um, and because in the, uh, like in the phonetic alphabet, like, you know, like, yeah, it's like Z, Foxtrot, Z. Delta. Yeah. Z is zebra. So that's how they got known as like the zebra task force and how they became known as like the zebra murders. Um, but also it, the zebra thing kind of ties in later as well. Uh, but I'm going to wait till the end to, that was actually the thing I was thinking of. Um, so it's, it, it's interesting that they called it the zebra murders first, but then like it has a weirder, like it weirdly ties in later too. Anyways, we'll get there. It's not important yet. what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're on the second wave of murders. Oh, good. So um, these ran between January and April of 1974. So, okay. So January 29th of 1974 is the first day of the brand new year. 
that people got murdered. Well, got murdered by this person. So they ended up shooting five people on January 29th. Five people. And four of those people died. So Tana Smith, who was 32, she was Mm -hmm. shot as she was going to the fabric store. Vincent Wallen, who was 69, um, was shot just walking home. Um, 84-year-old John Bambick was shot while he was picking up, um, like, bottles to, like, you know when people go around to, like, collect bottles people have thrown away for, like, deposits? He was doing that, which is also really fucking sad because I'm assuming maybe, like, I don't know if he was homeless or something because, like, 84 seems really old to be doing that. I mean, I see, like, like, random old people picking up trash on the side of the road all the time here. Um, But it's more of a, like, conservation thing. That's fair. And we are in, um, like, San Francisco. Yeah. So it is warmer there. Yeah, I know you're uh, in the Arctic tundra right now. But some of us, it's, like, 70 degrees, so. Um, Okay. So then Jane Holly, who was 45 and a stay-at-home mom, um, she was gunned down doing her laundry, just like at the laundry mat. Oh. 23-year-old Roxanne McMillan was shot when she was, she had just gone shopping and gotten home to her new apartment. Like she was getting stuff for her new apartment and she had just got home and she was like bringing the stuff inside. Um, So Roxanne was actually the only person out of these five that survived. Um, But even though she survived, she had to use a wheelchair the rest of her life. Like she was left paralyzed. Damn. And then, so there is like a debated sixth person who was shot on this day. Um, They weren't originally associated with it, but like since that time have been connected to it. Um, So there also was a hitchhiker um, named Thomas Bates who also survived and he was shot three times point blank. So then we chill for a little while. Um, That was like the very end of January, January 29th. Um, There's nothing all of February. February is quiet. And then April 1st, um, two. Okay. So this is like the seventies. Um, So this was back when the Salvation Army had, like, they were called cadets. um, But it was back when, like, the Salvation Army actually had to, like, do with the army. And, like, they would kind of, like... I probably should have looked this up to, like, explain it better. But, like, people would kind of get enlisted to work with the Salvation Army. Like, kind of reminds me of, like, the Peace Corps type of deal. If that makes sense. But anyways, it's two of those people. They were headed to the, like the training school for the Salvation Army. Um, and a man runs up on the two of them, fires at them four times, and then runs away. So one of them, um, Thomas Rainwater, he was 19. He passes away. But his companion, who was a 21-year-old Linda Story, she did survive. Um, they had like the police, like I said, like they had really like 
increased police presence, obviously, because they're trying to stop this. Um, so police actually made it to the scene within 15 seconds. 15 seconds. And That's they the still couldn't catch him. Ever. Still could not catch him. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so uh, this is actually one of the few cases where I'm like, I will give it to the police. Like, this would be so puzzling. Like, none of these people have anything connected with each other. They are totally random for all intents and purposes. Like, it seems like they're completely random. Like, clearly, whoever is doing it is, like, very physically capable because they're just running away in all of these circumstances. And even when they're there within 15 seconds, they still cannot outrun this man. And, like, that would be, like, I, I don't blame them for, like, struggling to figure this out you know what i mean yeah for that's once fucking insane <laughs> yeah like for for the one time ever i'm not mad at the police <laughs> yeah i'll i'll let it slime just once. okay <laughs> so once again obviously they're like yep this is our guy um so easter sunday which just happened. Hey. Uh, <laughs> um, this was 13 days later. Um, so there are two men who are shot and wounded at a bus stop. So there is a merchant seaman named Ward Anderson and then a 15-year-old student named Terry White who were both approached by a man who came on foot, shot them both point blank, and then ran away. Who's surprised? I don't understand what's happening here. Oh, we'll get there. We're we're yeah. we're getting there. We're getting pretty close. Why are you stringing so, me along? So, <laughs> April sixteenth, um, twenty-three-year-old Nelson T. Shields the fourth. Oh God. Um, who was actually like very rich? Like he was the son of like a uh, one of the executives for Dupont, like or not Dupont, Dupont. I mean. Um, which is like a big corporation. Um, So he has a lot of money. Um, And he was going with his friend to go pick up this rug that they were going to go buy. His friend wanted to buy a rug and he was like, sure, I'll tag along. Um, So he was like opening his car to like, you know, make room to put the rug in his car when a random person ran up to him. And shot, shot him, him several times and then runs away. What the fuck is happening? I don't understand. So after, you know, okay. So like the first wave of murders ends on Christmas Adam, right? <laughs> and then <laughs> going to term. <laughs> and then <laughs> I love it. I, I can't even pretend like I don't love it. And then, so the next attack, obviously, like, the one where, like, six people were shot up, didn't happen until January 29th. So they were kind of like, okay, it's calmed down for a while. So after, like, the murders start up again, obviously, like, people are freaking the fuck out. Uh, like, they, the city is suffering because nobody wants to be a tourist. Because who the fuck wants to go to San Francisco when everybody's just getting murdered? You know, like... 
nobody is around like even like the really popular spots like north beach which are always like packed to the brim with fucking people 24 7 like just dead dead empty like no one wanted to be out like everybody was like i'm gonna get murdered um so the one of the lead detectives gus i'm not gonna keep saying his last name because i'm not convinced i'm saying it correctly um, he That's sits fair. down with some of the victims and they come up with these um, sketches, right? You know, pretty standard composite mm-hmm. sketches. Um, and then they released those to the public. And then they also released that they were going to start questioning large numbers of citizens who they think fit the description of the killer. Okay, And it was so funny. They planned to like interrogate so many people, um, which they interrogated more than 500 people the first weekend. So like they were not they were not joking about this. And they were so serious about it. They straight up printed like essentially like a covid vaccination card. And like once you went in and you were interrogated and then they cleared you of suspicion they would literally give you a special zebra check card that if you ever got stopped again by police, you could just pull out this card and say, like, you know, they've already spoken to me and, like, I'm fine. Okay. Is it is it bad that I kind of want one of those cards? I, I also kind of want one of those cards. I'm not going to lie to you. Also, that is a really good idea. Like, so that way you're not constantly, like, bringing in the same people over and over again. I mean, obviously, yeah. like, people could sell them or switch them. But honestly, I feel like a lot of these people were so scared. And also, of course, I mean, the innocent civilians who get brought in and questioned are probably terrified that they're going to, you know, like, be blamed for these murders that aren't their fault. So I'm sure a lot of people really wanted to hold on to those cards at the time. Oh, I'm sure. So. um However, and this is where we kind of bring in the the zebra thing again, uh, is that this this did not go over the best um, because what we have not addressed until this point is that a lot of these victims, and by a lot, I mean all, I'm pretty sure, were white. And the named victim or the named perpetrators in every or described perpetrators in every case were African-American. Whoop! there it is. Yeah. So you you can see where black and white kind of came in here again. That's why, like, at first when I was, like, first reading about the zebra murder thing, I was like, oh, do they just name it that? Because zebras are, like, black and white. And then I'm like, oh, the Z frequency. But also... (laughs) So, um, obviously, um, it, in general, I don't think, I think the heart of the idea of, like, like, because this is not the first case this has happened, where, you know, they've, like, mass interrogated people and stuff. Um, I don't think there's really been much in San Francisco of, like, this, this height of where they're, like, questioning this many people. Um, but I, yeah. I think at heart, the, the core idea of questioning civilians is not necessarily a bad one. But obviously, 
when you're singling out, it, it, it obviously becomes very complicated. Right. Um, Especially so, like in the 70s when you're already having like racial tension. Exactly. And there was a lot of back and forth. So like obviously like a lot of people in the black community in the area were not crazy about it. But then, you know, there's black cops and commissioners that were also like guys like we're trying to stop a murderer like we're yeah. we're not trying to blame you we're just trying to like make people safe um but then like the nation of like islam got involved and like they you know described it as racist and you know unproductive and then the NAACP and the ACLU followed a lot like or followed filed a lawsuit um, and they ended up having to stop doing this because a district judge um, ruled that it was unconstitutional after the lawsuit was filed by the, uh, the NAACP and the ACLU. Oh, shit. So I don't blame them. I don't blame them for stopping it. Um, yeah. I don't blame people for having... I feel like it's it, it's a very tricky circumstance because, of course, like the reason if I'm sure if you ask the San Francisco PD, it, the reason that they were only questioning African-American people was in every single circum. I've been skipping that as I read because I wanted to talk about this issue all at once. Um, but in every single circumstance like that, there was a witness. The witnesses always, always said that the people who did it were African-American. Yeah, it, that's such so, a gray area where it's like, OK, yeah, I understand you questioning African-American people because all of the eyewitnesses are like, this is who we saw. Um, like it's someone clearly of African-American descent. So like it makes sense to not question a white person. But at the same time, like I don't know how they handled it. I wasn't there because there's yeah. also an appropriate way to handle it. And there's a not appropriate way to handle it. And being the 70s. And also being fucking California, um, I could, I don't blame, I'm just going to say I don't blame the NAACP and the ACLU for wanting to kind of put a stop to it. So, yeah. Like I said, I wasn't there. I, yeah. That's, it was a whole mess. <sighs> it was a whole mess then and it's still a whole mess now. Yeah, it sounds like it. So... Despite all of that fuckery going on, um, the city offered a $30,000 reward and, and there actually came a break in the case that same April. Mm-hmm. So this man named Anthony Harris was working at um, a place called the self-help moving and black self-help moving and storage. So he calls the police like about a week or so after the sketches were released and he tells them that he wants to meet with them because he is one of the people in the police sketches okay yep so he calls them up and he says um you know those that guy you're looking for i'm that guy um on top of that he also provided very specific details um, about quite a few of the attacks um, that police had never released. However, however, he claims that he never killed anybody. 
that he was just there because in some of these like obviously like with the first couple they were taken by like several men in a van and there also was other cases where it was like there was a quite a few murders where it was just one person but there also was other murders where it was like two people who ran up but only like one person shot at them like only one person had a gun so he claims that he was there but he was like that second person if that makes sense yeah so he calls himself slash the group of people that I'm going to explain about. Um, he calls this group committing these murders the Death Angels. I'm sorry, the what? Uh, the Death Angels were named that um, because they are borrowing from the Nation of Islam. Um, which specifically a specific branch of the nation of Islam that deals with security and it's called the fruit of Islam. So we'll get into this later, uh, but the nation of Islam did not correlate this. They weren't like, when this happened, they weren't like, yup, yep, we know who the death angels are. We definitely had a part in this. They were like, uh, we don't know who the fuck those people are and those those <laughs> people do not represent us and d- we don't want any of this. Uh, so I'm just going to preface that now and say like the nation of Islam is not to blame for this. Like that their organization is not th- related to this. Like this was people who just got it into their own head that they were doing the right thing and they were doing the religious thing. You know what I mean? This feels like it's very quickly turning into how many groups of people can we offend? Um, <laughs> Literally. So far, I feel like the answer is three. Yeah, that feels safe. <laughs> By the end, there might be more, but three feels safe. <laughs> yeah. So um, when Harris is in custody, he also tells them about a different murder that never made it to the papers. Um, and that was the John Doe like from before yeah oh and they ended up like he was a homeless man um and they ended up taking him they brought him to a warehouse where they gagged him up and like tied him up um and while he was awake and conscious members of the group took turns Cutting his limbs off. So I don't appreciate what you just said. Like at all. <laughs> yeah. So um once they uh he he didn't live too long into this. Yeah, longer you than don't you would fucking think. Say. Longer than you would think, but not the longest amount of time. Um so after that, they dumped him into the bay. And, like, they obviously, first of all, like, just the story itself, they were, like, there was so much detail that they were, like, we absolutely believe this is real. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with all the other details that he released about, like, the other crimes that they never, like, put in the paper or anything. They were, like, okay, this is definitely real. And then yeah. that was how they tied it back to the the John Doe because the John Doe that they had found or that they found in February, but they tied back to December. He had been a tied up 
and it, they found just his torso and his limbs and he was missing his head, his feet and his hands that they never found. Jesus fucking Christ. And he had washed up on the Ocean Beach District um, at the foot of Pacheco Street. So Harris provides the police with, like, full details. Obviously, he provided them with full details of the crimes that he had participated in. He also provided the police names, dates, addresses, and other information um, on the other suspects who were part of the group. Mm -hmm. There was four of them. So he, where did they go? Uh, Larry Green, uh, JCX Simon, Manuel Moore, and Jesse Lee Cooks were all the ones who were named by Anthony Harris. So obviously Harris wanted immunity, like for all of this information. Like that was his gig. He was like, I'll tell you who all's doing it, where they are, all the information I have, as long as I get immunity and then me, my girlfriend, and her child all get, like, witness protection, essentially. Yeah. It's a plea deal. Exactly. that He was looking for a plea deal and, like, witness protection. So, May 1st, um, police raids in, like, the middle of the night. Like, 3 a.m. we're talking about. <laughs> Um, they raided uh, Larry Craig Green and JCX Simon, um, who were okay. both in an apartment building at 844 Grove Street. And then they also arrested the other suspects. Which So they originally ar- arrested seven people, but only four like went to prison because the other three didn't have anything to do with it. Oh. Or at least they couldn't prove that they had anything to do with it. That doesn't actually mean they didn't have anything to do with it. Um, so to make this even more controversial, okay. the mayor then comes out and announces what happened and that, you know, it's this group called the death angels and they're targeting white people. Um, and he just makes it much worse. He makes it much fucking worse. Uh, And then he like he goes on to say all these crazy things like like the typical gang thing like, oh, the members had to murder somebody to like get ahead. And they they've killed 70 people since 1970. And he's really like saying a lot of unsubstantiated things like these things are not verified. Yes, I'm real. He's just a fucking racist. I mean, it mostly just boils down he was fucking racist and he made, I mean, obviously they killed a lot of people. I think it ends up being, oh God, a lot. Hold on. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about a lot of people. 24. So like, it it is a good number of people, don't get me wrong, but it's not 70 plus and it hadn't been happening since 1970. And just because this group like this small group of people had like I don't even want to necessarily say racist ideals cuz obviously they're targeting like white people but even if they are like have this misguided sense of justice and they're not doing the right thing like obviously I don't think it's the right thing to just randomly be walking up and shooting these innocent people on the street um you didn't have to do all that 
it's just a group of people who are misguided and wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean? Like, it's, it's not all... like black people did it as a whole. Like, yeah. there's no need to bring all of that into it. Um, but it was the fucking 70s. Yeah. So obviously, um, like, like, obviously, like I said, the Nation of Islam comes out. Um, several black Muslim leaders came out saying, like, there's no conspiracy here. Yeah. Black Muslim people do not want to kill you. Um, yeah, like, these idiots don't speak for me. But then it gets a little weird. A little weird because the Nation of Islam did provide attorneys and pay for attorneys for three out of the four suspects. Um, um the only one they didn't provide attorneys for was Jesse Lee Cooks, and that's because he pled guilty. Like, because he was trying to get a plea deal and pled uh, guilty before there was even a trial. So that part of it is a little strange to me. Um because if you don't support them, like you think of anything, like you would not give yeah. them any money because you would be like, well, yeah. we don't associate with them. Like they're not doing our ideals. They're not doing things we would want them to do. So like we're not going to support them. Yeah, that is a super fucking gray. That's But like also, I don't know, maybe they didn't think that they were guilty. And they were just like, well, we don't want to see innocent black men go down for this crime. So, you know, maybe that's the case. And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. But I did think that was a little bit weird. That was the only part where I was kind of like raising my eyebrow a teeny bit and being like, did you really not know about this? Like, why are you paying for their lawyers? But, you know, maybe they just thought they were innocent and they thought that they had the wrong people. But... Anyways, the trial started March 3rd of 1975. Um, obviously, a bunch of lawyers came for Harris because Harris also testified in the trials, obviously, to, yeah. you know, get the plea deal. Um, they all tried to, you know, obviously try to discredit him. It was impossible. Like he testified for 12 days straight. Dude, what? 12 straight days. Where he, like, pretty much just told them, like, every single detail of everything he had ever seen. Yeah. And so it was pretty fucking hard to discredit him. Like, this man came with a goddamn encyclopedia. <laughs> um, and on top of that, he also told them where to find the, the gun. The gun that had been used for most of the crimes. Um, they had buried it in, like, the backyard of this random house, like, near the last murder. So, and then on top of that, when they find the gun, the gun is connected to the workers who worked at this place where he worked, where like all of them worked together pretty much. Yeah. So it definitely didn't help them at all. Um, 108 witnesses also testified, or 108 total testified. So 107 besides Harris testified, leaving over 8,000 pages of court transcripts for this case. If you're wondering why I didn't read the court transcripts for this case. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, it was over, it was almost 4 million words. <laughs> which That's is just insane. Too many, too many words. Um, and it also ended up in the, becoming the longest criminal trial in California history. 
because the trial went on for it started on March 3rd of 1975, but it didn't end until 1976. Damn. Um, the de- the jury only deliberated for 18 hours, though, and every single one of them was sentenced to life in prison. What, what do you mean only 18 hours? <laughs> That's a lot of fucking hours. It is, but, like, also there's been plenty of cases where juries have, like, literally deliberated for, like, weeks. That's true. You know what I mean? So, like, it's a lot, but I feel like a lot of that deliberation, like, pretty much it seems like for that deliberation was they sat down and they're like, yeah, they're all guilty. Yeah. Like, do we kill them or do we put them in life in prison? (laughs) Yeah, I think, honestly, I kind of have a feeling that that was probably like part of the deliberation there. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um so since then um only one of them is still alive. Oh. So Larry Green is still alive in the California State Prison in Solano. Um but in 2015 on March 12th, JCX Simon, who was 69 at the time, uh, was found unresponsive. Um, he was at San Quentin, and he had been in San Quentin, like, since 1976 and, like, hadn't moved. Um, but they found him randomly. Like, mm-hmm. they don't know, like, what he died from. He It said that they were doing an autopsy to discover what he died from, but I didn't actually, like, see the results of that. Interesting. Like, what actually happened. Um, but it likely natural causes. Yeah. I'm assuming. Um, And he was 69, so I could easily see, like, a heart attack or something. And then uh, Manuel Moore died at age 75 in 2017 um, at the California Healthcare Facility, which essentially is, like, when you're serving, like, a long prison sentence and you end up getting really sick, like, get cancer or something, then they end up sending you there. And then Jesse Lee Cooks died in prison on June 30th of 2021 at the Richard J. Donovan Correctional Facility. But he died in prison in 2021, very recently, June 30th. So, like, less than a year ago. And then the last guy is still alive. But they're pretty old at this point, so probably not a ton longer, (laughs) I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was a lot of fuckery. Yeah, that was a lot to unpack. Um, <laughs> That's why I was like, it's not as bad, but it'll definitely distract you. It'll yeah, definitely I... distract you from the last one, because what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, honestly, that's, like, terrifying to me. Yeah. Like, compared to, like, just the concept of, uh, like, a serial killer who just walks around and you just like be minding your own business in the middle of the day. And they just kind of like run up and shoot you and run away. Yeah. A serial killer with no type is a horrifying concept. Right. Like no type, no gender, no age, no like type of life. Like it wasn't like sometimes it was lower income people, like all the way from the homeless to the super rich, like literally the definition of like you have no idea what's coming next yeah and i think that's sometimes just as terrifying (laughs) um but anyways yeah that was a lot 
of strangeness. And I can't believe I hadn't heard about this case like sooner. Yeah, I've never heard of it before. Yeah, neither had I. Like I randomly was like, you know, just looking for a new case, whatever. And it like randomly popped up for me and it was like the zebra murders. And I was like, what the fuck is a zebra murder? Like, <laughs> I have to know what the fuck that means. And you're like, I have additional questions. Yeah. And I was not ready for this at like any point. I was like, literally, your reaction was me when I was reading through it for the first time. I'm just like, what do these all have to do with each other? Like, I kept waiting for it to be like a gang or something. Yeah. Nope, just a random group of guys that all worked at the same warehouse that just enjoy chopping the limbs off of people and then running around and shooting them. It kind of reminds me of the, um, oh God, what was that episode? The the hands one. Oh God, what are, I can't remember the, uh, I'm blanking. The hands? It was the, oh man. It was that family that was like murdering people together. Oh. Me searching our podcast. I'm like, I don't even know what episodes we've done. There's a super fan that's just going to be screaming. It's like, it's this episode. It's this fucking episode. Why don't you remember? It's this one. <laughs> it's probably going to be Squirrel. The Human Five. The Human Five. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, the episode yeah. was called The Human High Five. Okay. That's where I was getting the hand from. It was the yeah. high five thing. Okay. I was like... I remember we covered another case kind of like this, except I remember they were going into like people's houses to murder them, but yeah. still like same thing where it was like just as random and it ended up just being like this random group of people just doing it for no fucking reason. No. We love it here. We love humans. <laughs> Seriously. But yeah, that's a, uh, that's a, uh, that's all I got for you. That was, um, that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot it was, today has been a lot there's like like there's no like discernible MO there's no type it's just dudes walking around fucking murdering people for funsies just dudes being dudes just <laughs> dudes being guys boys being boys <laughs> you know how boys will be Sometimes they just get in groups of people and murder. Historically, a lot. Historically speaking, you're not technically wrong. But can you name off the top of your head more than two groups of women who have done the same thing? No. But um, that's a topic for a different day. (laughs) (laughs) That's a Patreon episode. That's another Morgan rant. (laughs) But I can think of about 75 or more groups of men. But anyways, I I, di- <laughs> I digress. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. If you haven't yet, you should check out our Beacons page. Um, that is the convenient landing site where you can find all of our stuff. All of our social media is linked there. It is one convenient little place for you to find everything your heart desires. It's the beacon of light in the darkness of the interwebs. Literally. (laughs) Literally. Oh, man. Anyways, so uh, keep it spooky. 
Um, but maybe just stop shooting people. Just don't keep it that spooky. Let's just not. not shoot people. Um, keep it spooky, but not so spooky that you um. I don't know. Say you're doing all of this under the guise of like a religious group, but you're really not. But like they don't really support you, but they kind of do and buy you guys all lawyers. Like not that spooky. Yeah, all of that really confuses me. I'm not going to lie. Because like I get it. Like I I would also be like, yeah, we're not associated with these people. But then why buy them lawyers? Like just don't. Like you think even it. Okay. Even if for, like, some reason they were involved, I still wouldn't buy them lawyers. Because now everyone knows you're involved. Or at least suspects that you might be involved. Like, if they would have just said, like, I don't know where these crazy people are getting this idea. We don't condone this. Like, fuck these guys. And then didn't buy them lawyers. I would be like, yeah, these guys just suck. Like, they were just using the, you know, this religion as, like, an excuse. Which yeah. I still think is what they are doing. But then I'm like, why'd you get the lawyers? Because that's the only thing that's making me doubt your involvement here. Yeah, like, that makes me feel like you're just sitting there like, um, uh, like, no, no. They got a point. <laughs> yeah, I think, like I said, the only real excuse I can think of for buying them lawyers or, like, paying for their lawyers is, like, if they were just really convinced that they didn't do it. But, but it also, like, there was no record of them, like, sitting down with these guys and, like, meeting with them a bunch of times to, like, figure out that they didn't do it. And, like, the police and the jury and everybody else is pretty fucking convinced they did it. Like, it seems like the proof is pretty fucking overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah, strangely enough, when you have details of a crime that weren't released to the public, it's a little guilty. Yeah, so, no idea. No idea what happened with that. So, yeah, that I, I just had to get that out of my brain. And y'all had to suffer with me. You know, I'll, I'll accept the suffering after what I did to you today. So, You know, it's really not that bad. I, <laughs> I feel like I have really not hurt you in the way that you have hurt me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have suffered. I need a bath and a blankie. I require and, and maybe some chocolate. <laughs> oh, holy shit. <laughs> okay, keep it spooky. 